Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? It's going great. Good. It's sunny outside. Yeah. Easter is behind us. Yes. We have some swag that's a little disappointing. <laughs> yeah. We're ready to go. Yeah, so we last episode, we had shirts on the way. We did a little tester, and unfortunately... They're it's not good. a little good. disappointing. Yeah. We got them. Um, well, one, we're like, let's be on the safe side. Yeah. And get some larger shirts. Yes. And so it's they like, yeah. are, in mm-hmm. fact, not large at no. all. So I'm wearing a 2XL, and it fits like a medium. Yeah. Like, it is. I sausage my way into this shirt, so. Yeah, I'll it, just look uh, slutty in it. Are you kidding me? I'm, I kind of want to try it. Yeah, but... you don't take yours. You have yours, so. <laughs> See if you can fit your tatas in there. We'll see. It'll be a crop top for you. (laughs) What happened? Now we're like, did we order kids shirts? Yeah. We don't know what happened. But there's no way that this is a 2XL. Yeah. Like, I was ready for it to be a little baggy so I can, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Sleep in it like a boyfriend's t-shirt type Yeah. Now I feel like I have to, like, suck in every (laughs) moment of my day, so... (laughs) So we're going to try again. We're going to try again. So sorry, guys. I know we keep putting we, this off. But we keep talking about the damn swag, but it yep. is going to happen. It is going to happen, but we want to make it look good. I know. We have such a cute design. Yeah. And, but alas. Alas. Not quite. We'll not get there. Quite. We'll get there. But oh. uh, so today, Michelle made some really delicious drinks. Michelle, what is it? Oh, we made sort of, I guess, blackberry margaritas. Mm. Um they're kind of based on Barefoot Contessa's fresh margaritas that oh, she makes. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I made blackberry syrup, like I made strawberry syrup, mm-hmm. where you simmer the fruit in some water, and then you get a beautiful fruit water, and then you add sugar to that, and you boil that for a minute. You get a lovely syrup. So it's good. amazing. I made so much syrup. <laughs> My God. I made peach syrup, which I'm going to work on again. Okay. I'm not happy with. Strawberry syrup, amazing, once mm-hmm. more. Raspberry syrup, delicious. And now this blackberry syrup is super good. My gosh. So it's a little bit of this blackberry syrup. It's probably about, it's like an ounce, an ounce, an ounce, an ounce. Okay. So it's um, like an ounce of tequila, an ounce of this syrup, mm-hmm. um, an ounce of probably some fresh lime juice, and then an ounce of just some sparkling water oh, on top okay. to add yeah. a little little fizz mm-hmm. so so yes please uh please try this drink it's very tasty uh if you want to make your own syrup i'm sure you can find i don't know can you get syrup like that oh probably just any of the what is the brand like the coffee syrups that they have oh, you can get yeah you can get those in all kinds of different flavors right so that would work just as well mm-hmm. as a homemade syrup perfect probably better because it's no just kidding i didn't mean that at all it's not better <laughs> okay well Homemade is delightful. Uh, homemade is where it's at. Mm. So this week, uh, we both have two real stories, Michelle. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hang my head in shame. Oh, no. I told right. everybody about my April Fool's failure. Oh, no. Because I, I hype this shit up a lot. I was so excited. <laughs> oh, sad. I told everyone who would, like, listen about my plan to fool you with your favorite movie and they're like your favorite movie is that a good idea uh yeah it is a good idea no i was wrong it wasn't you guessed it immediately just like ghostbusters yeah just like it just like it god damn it 
I just still can think of like me looking down at my paper mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the fuck I'm going to say next because it's so obvious you know. <laughs> All right, carry on with your real story. All right. Oh my God, I'm sweating a little bit now. (laughs) (laughs) Just remembering. Okay. So this story is about Dale Anderson. Okay. So Dale Anderson, he's 58 years old. All right. And it is April 27, 2003. Okay. And we're in New Sweden, Maine. Oh, Mm -hmm. how interesting. We're going to be in Sweden, Sweden for my story. Oh. Look at that. We're on the same... We're always vibing, We Caitlin. are, I know, right? Oh, my word. Okay. Well, this is a small, close-knit town and a potato farming community okay. where people, like, leave their doors unlocked at night. Like, mm. it is, a, it's safe. Yeah, they... like in the community I grew up in. Oh, yeah? We, we never locked our doors. In fact, the one time my dad locked our doors, uh, I lost my mind because I was like, he's locking me out! Oh, I was a teenager. Oh. I was all angsty. And no, he just decided to lock the doors one day had nothing to do with me oh i made it all about me though that's how i roll (laughs) well so dale and his wife went to sunday service at gustav adolf lutheran church my word i'm sorry if i said that wrong so it was a beautiful service and afterwards everyone went from the sanctuary to the fellowship hall for baked goods and coffee. Mm, okay. Right? So, Dale started to feel a little sick, and he's like, hey, can you please take me home? I don't feel well. Mm. But by the time he got home, he was violently puking everywhere. Oh. So That's his, not good. No. So, his wife's like, let's go to the hospital. So, she took him to Cary Medical Center, and when he got there, there were a lot of familiar faces. Oh, no. Yes. So the whole waiting room was full of church members. Oh so there's about goodness. 15 people there, all very sick. And the nurses, <laughs> yeah, the nurses described the emergency room, countertops and floors covered with vomit-filled buckets and garbage cans. That's the fucking worst. Right? <laughs> oh my god. Like I can clean up just about anything. Yeah. Like I have no problems. My dad taught me whatever you get on your hands can be washed off. You okay. know, so it's like That's I kind of grew up not really being grossed out by a lot. But, but vomit. <laughs> That's no, just something. That is, it's just, there's such a smell yeah. to it and it's just, that's a struggle for me. Yeah, same. Oh. Well, several of the church members that were very more violently ill, including Dale, they were rushed to uh, Eastern Maine Medical Center. So oh, they needed gosh. more help. And then by Monday morning, 78-year-old Walter Reed Morrow passed away. Oh, gosh, from this uh affliction that is going around. I'm assuming some kind of food poisoning, but I don't know for sure. Well, doctors believe that they were dealing with a heavy metal poisoning. Oh, heavy metal poisoning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they notified police about this mass poisoning, just, you know, what's going on. Like, is somebody coming in and poisoning the whole congregation? Yeah, exactly. It's not some bad potato salad. (laughs) Yeah. So police began to interview the church patrons, and they quickly realized that everyone who fell ill drank the coffee. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. God, I would have fallen ill first thing. <laughs> Over there chugging stuff. Yeah, chugging coffee with no food in my stomach first thing in the morning. Yeah. 
So the Maine State Police and the Maine Bureau of Public Health responded in investigating the incident. They recovered water samples and numerous items used to prepare the coffee just Mm. to see what happened. Where in the process this Mm -hmm. coffee went awry. Yep. Uh, It was submitted to the Maine Bureau of Health and Environmental Testing um, for analysis. And the hospital got back with the lab results from the... um, Oh, because they probably did toxicology screenings on everybody. Mm -hmm. And what they found that it was arsenic. (gasps) Yep. (gasps) So now Portland, Maine actually... uh, recently received several doses of arsenic like antidote um, or treatment because it was weird because this is 2003 is because they got it from 9-11 just in case there was another type of terrorist attack I guess mm. or no I do recall kind of back in the day uh-huh. um, that after 9-11 there was a whole rash of people getting white powder in the mail oh. and so people were losing their minds thinking that of course okay. Is it arsenic or was it something else? No, anthrax. Anthrax. Everyone was super scared of anthrax Mm. and getting mailed. Right. It was like a big deal, I remember, for a long time. So I I wonder, well, anthrax and arsenic are two different things. Right. Maybe I'm completely... Well, it could, I mean, it could, I'm sure they're just preparing for anything, I guess. Yeah. Around the the states, I guess. So, ah, so they luckily sent them over a few of those treatments and then Dale was put in a medically induced coma oh because gosh. the because the arsenic poisoning treatment is extremely painful. Oh. And even when he was in the coma when they injected him, he said the nurse said that he winced. Like he was in a coma <gasps> and Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, isn't that insane? That is insane. Gosh. Ugh. I can't even imagine how painful that would have would to be. Yeah. For them to put you in a coma. Uh-huh. Oh Isn't that gosh. insane? Uh. So he was in a coma for 12 days. Wow. Yes. Trying to fight. Oh, my gosh. Getting these treatments and fighting this poison. <sighs> Whoo. This, I hope we get to hear about why this all happened. Well, now they, for Walter who passed away, they now changed it to a homicide charge. Mm, like, yeah, they I mean, was, he was essentially murdered. Yep, exactly. Murder by poisoning. Sarah Anderson, which is Dale's wife, states, I just can't picture any beef that anybody would have with any of these people. Around here, if you have a problem with someone, you walk up to them and say, you made me ugly the other day. You don't poison them. That's right. Right? So. Oh gosh, I thought you were going to be like, and Sarah's the one that poisoned everybody. <laughs> no. Nope. Police couldn't find any leads anywhere. Like. Yeah. Who would do such a thing <laughs> to these people, especially in this small little community? Mm. But it was May 2nd, 2003. So April. So it's been Just, like a week or so. Okay. A 911 call came in about a shooting at Bonson's residence. When police arrived, they found Daniel with a gunshot wound to the chest, along with a bloodstained note. Oh my. Oh, a note. Yep. It said, I acted alone. I acted alone. One dumb, poor judgment, ruins life, but I did wrong. I thought it was something I had no intent to hurt this way, just to upset stomach like the churchgoers did me. Oh. I know, right? So I guess they were thinking the stomach thing, like he was trying to make them feel with an upset stomach like they made him. But I guess. arsenic is a little uh, 
a little more deadly than yeah. perhaps he was hoping, it yeah. sounds. So, wait a minute. Okay, I'm a little bit confused. Is it someone rolled in and shot Daniel and then left the note? Or he shot himself and left the note? Well, he had a... They said it looked like self-inflicted. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, he was feeling bad, guilty, and mm-hmm. had to fess up. Yeah. So, the community was shook and saddened by this. Mm. And arsenic is odorless and tasteless. So... They believe that Daniel went in early, poured the arsenic liquid into the coffee, and brewed it up. And then it just sat there until the service. (sighs) Indeed. Arsenic poison causes skin sores, organ injuries, and lead to cancers of the skin, lung, liver, bladder, pancreas, and also death, you know? Yeah. As poor Walter found out. I know. Uh, But Dale was alive, and... Even though he had a long road ahead of him to recover. Mm. But he was able to go home. Oh, well, that's good. Yes. Police kept this investigation open for three years just to see if there is any accomplices. Like, if mm, anything, other was... evidence come up or, you know. They because... didn't just take the the note as a full confession. Right. Enough to close the case. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But there was no new evidence and they finally did close the case. Oh. So it is now five years after the worst mass arsenic poisoning in the United States history. Uh, Dale and several other victims still carry lingering emotional and physical injuries. Most of the time there was a dull ache in his legs and those were like the good days. Other times a throbbing pain in his legs and feet made it difficult for him to walk um, even a short distance. Oh, that's sucky. I know. He also had uh, damage in his hands, and it made it so they were numb a lot of the time, so he couldn't feel anything in Uh. his hands. And even his daughter one day saw a huge gash bleeding from his hand, and he didn't even notice. Oh, my gosh. He couldn't feel it. He states, it's hard to put it behind you when someone tries to kill you. Yeah, Um, that feels fair. (laughs) Yeah, that is fair, right? (laughs) Each year, though, his body continues to improve, but uh, he still is uh, probably dealing for the with, rest of his life. Probably, unfortunately. Oh. So poor thing. Like you just want to go to church and have some coffee, know. you know? And I would have for sure had the coffee. Yeah, oh. that's the best part: the free hot coffee mm. with a little, like a little pastry, talking to your friends. You know? Yes, it all sounds delightful. It does. Till you're in the hospital puking with everybody else. Could you imagine? I know arsenic is very deadly, so yeah. I, I'm i assuming that it was just very diluted or they they only had a little bit in their yeah, coffee probably. cups or something. Because yeah, I wonder how much it takes. Let's take a little yeah. gander at Google, shall we? Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Well, yeah. <laughs> the FBI is going to be looking for you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> that Google search is a red flag what for sure. What is going on? How much arsenic does it take to kill someone? <laughs> That is exactly what I'm putting in here, by the way. (laughs) Well, a uh, lethal dose is between 2 and 20 milligrams. That's small. Yeah. Wow. 140 to 1400 milligrams for the average adult, for the average size adult. Hmm. So it's less than an eighth of a teaspoon. Holy cow. Will kill a healthy adult. Oh And even less would kill a child or an adult with impaired health. Oh, well, yeah, Walter was like 78, so I'm guessing... Yeah, you know, probably, he... yeah, or an elderly person oh. it also says that on here. Dale was uh. lucky. He was 58. I mean, that's still not too old, but it's getting up there. I mean... Yeah. That... <laughs> I no shit, Caitlin. <laughs> Sorry. I felt like... pointed. 
you're practically there. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, pretty soon you're going to fall prey to the deadly effects of arsenic. Me? No, oh. me, because I'm oh. getting older. Is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> no, it's not. You're like, not at all. <laughs> I was so confused. Okay, psycho. No. <laughs> oh, Lord. But. Once again, we question why you ever do this podcast with me. <laughs> No, but Dale was, uh, he was so lucky, and I'm glad they put him in a deuce coma because that sounded that so incredibly awful. painful. Yeah. If you're wincing when you're already in a coma, forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. At least they had that little treatment or antidote, whatever yeah. they use. So that was lucky. Ugh. But all right, Michelle, well, you I said. Don't even uh, want to go now. <laughs> all right. Well, we're moving away from little Sweden to big Sweden. No. New Sweden. Oh, New Sweden. Excuse me. Okay, and then we're going back to old, regular Sweden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How's that? No. Okay, so this uh, this story takes place uh, back in May of 1999. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're kicking it old school. Old Not school. quite as old school as like the 80s. Right. Or, you know, whenever. <laughs> Not still bitter. It's cool. All right. So this story is about, all right. Let's, I'm just going to say now, I know I say it every effing time, we're in Sweden. I don't know a lot of Swedish, yeah. so I apologize. Fair. I apologize. Fair. Okay. So this is Anna Bagenholm. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. So Anna and her two colleagues were, actually, I said we were in Sweden, but we we're in Norway. She is Swedish herself. Oh, so that's where I. So got we're in Norway. Home. We're in Norway. I lied. We're in Narvik, <laughs> Norway. Okay. So, um, but Anna was actually a Swedish radiologist. Oh. Um, and so her and her two friends, Marie Falkenberg and Torvind Nashim. Okay. I don't think that's correct at well, all. It sounded well, sounded good. Yeah, we're nailing it. So all three of them are expert skiers, um, and. They set out to ski in these mountains in Norway. And so at the time, Anna was actually studying to be an orthopedic surgeon. Oh, wow. So she's already a radiologist. She's clearly very driven. So they are going on this very steep mountainside path that okay. they've actually gone on many times before. So they're familiar with it. But on this particular time, she lost control of her skis and she ended up falling sort of down the mountain and then head first into a layer of uh, snow and ice. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. She, um, what happened is she like sort of went down head first and there was an eight inch layer of ice underneath the snow. And then the ice opened up when she hit it and it dragged her under the ice. <gasps> so, cause it turns out there was a frozen stream underneath the ice i guess what so it's snow ice stream wow and as far as the layers go and so she went through the ice and kind of got sucked under Uh and now she's in freezing water underneath the ice and then so her friends sort of see her tumble down the hill a little bit and so they ski down just a few minutes later and all they could see was her skis so it was only her skis that were above the ice, and she was completely submerged. Is she still attached to her yeah, skis? Yeah, she's still attached to her oh skis. Oh, my gosh. So they, they grabbed her skis, uh-huh. and they were trying to pull her out, 
but she was sort of wedged in there and held too tightly by the rocks and the ice and everything that was underneath the water. Oh my gosh. I know. So they tried calling for help, but I mean, they're kind of on the this mountainside, right, you yeah. know, in the middle of Norway. And the situation was, of course, not looking promising for Anna at no. all. So her head and her torso were slowly freezing now at this point. Oh my gosh. Can she and breathe? So luckily, okay. she actually, underneath the water, was able to find a pocket of air, <gasps> like Whoa. underneath this stream. That's so lucky. And she struggled to breathe and stay conscious. So oh, no. she was able to actually stay conscious for 40 minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, underneath the water. So now after staying under the water for 40 minutes, she finally sort of stopped moving. And so they, of course, were thinking the worst. Yeah. Like she's done for. Her body became limp. And then soon after, her heart stopped. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so she... Uh, it. It stopped due to uh, circulatory arrest or cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. So they were finally able to dig her up and out of the water 80 minutes later. 80 minutes? So she was conscious for 40 minutes. So when she was like down there and they're asking for like help and no one's there, did they, they leave? Yeah, I think they had rescuers come in the, okay. from the bottom of the mountain, as it looks like. And yeah. then they just dug at her with a gardening shovel. It just took a long time for it them just to get took there. A, yeah, you know, and even to Ugh. get in touch with somebody. Right. And, you know, and of course they're digging at ice. It's not right. like, you know, going out to our backyard and shoveling up some soil. Right. You know? And so she was finally pulled out of the water, like I said, 80 minutes later. Uh -huh. So her pupils were dilated. She had no pulse. Uh, her friends started giving her CPR, yeah. uh, pretty much knowing that she was dead. Right. She was clinically dead. A helicopter yeah. came and grabbed her, and soon they took her to uh, the Tromso, sorry, University Hospital, <laughs> yeah. where it arrived about an hour and a half later. Oh, so my gosh. she has been dead for a long time. Dead for an hour or hour so and the half. CPR wasn't working. Uh, they kept on doing it, but... But just keeping the heart, there just was, the blood pumping. Yeah. So, according to Dr. Mads, the anesthesiologist at the hospital, her pupils were completely dilated. She was flaxen and ash white. Her skin was wet, and it was beginning to, like, toughen up as it oh does, my like, gosh. when you die. And she appeared Rigor to be... mortis? Yeah, like... Setting in? Or? Yeah. And... She appeared to be dead without a doubt. Yeah. And so <laughs> hypothermia is not uncommon in Norway. Dr. Mads decided he was going to try to treat her for hypothermia. Pretty okay. much against all odds. The echocardiogram machine she was connected to with a helicopter showed that she had completely flatlined. Yeah. And in the hospital, it was no different. But he was like, you know what? She's practically frozen. Maybe mm. there's some hope. So because everything, her brain had cooled down so much that perhaps if they got her up to a regular temperature, uh -huh. they might be able to do something for her. Interesting. And so he knew that bodies can't go without oxygen for more than 20 minutes. And obviously it's been far more than that. Yeah. But he thought when temperatures become low, your cells require far less oxygen, as oh, it turns out. okay. And so he just figured... If everything slowed down enough, maybe she had enough oxygen in her blood that she was able to kind of keep oxygen, enough oxygen going that she would not be brain dead. 
essentially. Okay. Wow. So, still dead, yeah. <laughs> Anna was attached to a heart and lung machine where her blood was pumped out of her body, warmed up, and then pumped back in. Oh. And so it was going through. So slowly, her body temperature went from 56.7 degrees, Whoa. which is the lowest ever. Really? Recorded. Yeah. 56.7. And of course, normally we're right around 98. So, right. I mean, that's... 40 degrees oh lower than normal. The next day, this is almost 24 hours now after she fell into the water, mm-hmm. her heart restarted. Really? Yeah. It started, it, she. Like on its own. After yeah. Being it just, up. it like got warmed up and then it started pumping blood on its own. Oh my gosh. So the gradual healing process started. So it wasn't until 12 days later that Anna actually opened her eyes. Really? Um, but however, it ended up taking her more than a year because she had some nerve damage and oh, some sure. other damage done, but she was able to make it out and be alive after being essentially frozen to death for a full day just about that's intense yeah i can't even imagine well good thing for that doctor be like no we can we can no, do let's more give us a go yeah because yeah. i mean i think most people would have been like yeah, are you kidding dead. me she's dead yeah. she's flatlined here she's flatlined there rigor mortis is sticking yeah in there's no hope thing. for yeah. her and but apparently there was hope she that's... is now uh fully recovered And works as a senior radiology consultant uh, at that same hospital that saved her life. Over the last 28 years, Mm -hmm. there's been 34 victims of accidental hypothermia with cardiac arrest who were rewarmed by, oh, here we go, cardiopulmonary bypass, i.e. they took it out of the blood, warmed it up, put the blood back in. Yeah. And only 30% of those people survived. So according to him, he's just wondering... What happened? Did she get cooled down fast enough before her heart let out? Mm-hmm. Or did she have her heart let out and then she cooled down? <laughs> right. Know, so that's, they're kind of, you know, this is the chicken before the egg type situation. Right. So, of course, her case has made it into all kinds of medical record books. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And it sounds like a house uh, episode. It totally does. Like, yeah. <laughs> nope, we need to pump her blood out. Yeah. What? That's Warm not- it up. <laughs> Put it back in. Be like, no, she's been dead for an hour. Yeah. Forget it. Uh, so I guess her case changed the way doctors approach hypothermia cases. Oh, really? And the point is, is that many people were actually able to come back after uh, being accidentally frozen to death, I That's guess. Crazy. By many, I think we're talking about, you know, again, like 34 people, not hundreds of people. Right, right, right. But that her outcome should Mm -hmm. be remembered that you know that if people do freeze to there is a possibility of actually bringing them back and not just to sort of count them count them out and so actually now they're looking at at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center Hospital they're using induced hypothermia to potentially help patients who are having um like they have a a window, a, like a prolonged window where they can't stop bleeding or things. They'll oh. try to put them into, essentially start freezing them to death because it just slows everything down so much. That's interesting. And they know that they can eventually bring them out. So they're finding that freezing people to death is actually helping and it's becoming a medical process. That's intense. So, oh yeah. my gosh. 
Man, technology. I can't even imagine what was going through her mind when she was under that water in that oh little my pocket of air for 40 minutes. I could not stay calm for 40 minutes. There's no, no way. I know. I wanted to find a story more from her perspective. Right. You know, like, talked about maybe what, what she, she was, was feeling. feeling and... You know, hopefully it's like the one woman, Mary, who got stuck underwater for a long time. And even though all of her bones were breaking and all kinds of stuff, she was yeah. feeling no pain. Right, right. And mm -hmm. So I hope that was the case. I for hope Anna. that is the case too. Yeah. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I. Mm. So is that, are they saying that like we can like freeze ourselves for a long time maybe? I and, don't uh... think that has, we've quite made that, that jump, jump yet okay, okay. but it, it seems like it's getting closer and closer that's crazy so whoa because my understanding is the problem is when you get too cold your cells start to burst because when things freeze they expand oh. and so the water in your cells start to crystallize and start breaking down your cell walls so that's that's been my understanding as to mm -hmm. what the big holdup is i see um, but Wow. Who knows? That's interesting. I know. And all the sci-fi channels, they just give you something. Right. That probably keeps your cells from bursting and boom, now you're frozen. Yeah. Someday. Maybe. If That's you could be frozen, would you be frozen? No. Why? Like, like let's say you're on your deathbed in okay. 10 years. In, in 10 years? Yeah. No. Something drastic has happened. <laughs> okay. But obviously we've had Fair. a lot of technological advances. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're like, we can freeze you. Uh-huh. For a hundred years, uh -huh. and then when you wake up, they'll have the the solution to whatever's wrong with you. Would so you do either, it? Well, I mean, that's die like, or yeah, be frozen. die or be frozen. Yeah, I'll just be frozen. Like I don't want. Like if there's a chance for me to survive, yeah, great. But I don't know about a hundred years because this Earth is dying already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got we're positive all over the place. You're just gonna wake up there to go. nuclear annihilation yeah. or something. Right. Nuclear. I always say it wrong. Yeah. I don't know. A hundred years is a long time. Okay. Let's say you're now 80. Okay. I'm 80. And you can freeze yourself should you wish it. Yeah. And you know, you know, you're not going to die tomorrow. Yeah. But would you maybe have yourself frozen to death? No. And... No. No. Cause I'm 80. I mean like that's pretty good life. 80? You're feeling pretty. Yeah. I feel pretty accomplished in my life. And, uh, and I don't want to wake up in a new world when I'm 80, you know, I'm still old. So what's, what if Nicholas uh... could go? What? Well, if Nicholas is frozen right next to you. <laughs> and then you guys both wake up in 30 years. No, because then we can, like, pass together, and then it would be just, like, the oh notebook. Oh, my goodness. I know. That's how I want to go. <laughs> I was like, whatever. But that's right. exactly, like, Joel and I one day would be like, well, I think we're done. Yeah. And then we'll just go. That's the plan. Just fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Just Don't of... kill yourselves. Is that what you're no, saying? No, oh, no. Okay. I just lift out of my body consciously oh, I see, and, I see. and just choose to die. That's Aww. how I plan it. That's very nice. Yeah. But I'm 112. 112. That's but right. I figure if I'm 110 and I'm like, you know what? I'm loving life. Yeah. 112 is not long enough. Then I'll push it out. Okay. But up until now. Up yeah. until now. Yeah. All right. I'm that's a good goal. 112. I don't know. Ever since I was little, like four, yeah. I've been like, I'm going to die when I'm 112. I'm going to die when I'm 112. I'm going to die when I'm 112. So that's what I've been telling people. Have you seen that show, um, Kids Say the Darndest Things? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's Michelle. I'm going to die when I'm 112. <laughs> that just stayed with you. When I was in second grade or first grade, I don't mm -hmm. remember which, I told everyone my mom died. 
Like, and she was going to pick me up from school. I don't know how I thought I was going to get out of that line. Why would you say I don't, that? I have no idea. I just remember, I don't know if I was like trying to get sympathy or probably trying to get out of homework or something stupid. <laughs> well, I can't do it because my mom died. <laughs> and you'd send me to school the next day? No, none of it made sense. That's hilarious. And then my mom, of course, picked me up. Yeah. And, my poor mom. I one time blamed her for cutting my bangs, like when I cut my own bangs, of course. <laughs> in kindergarten, I have. Oh my god! I should find that kindergarten picture because my wait. bangs are up to here. My mom did forget it was school day, like picture day, yeah. and dressed me in his ugly brown turtleneck, so like, <laughs> with my bangs. <laughs> I need to be done. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And sorry about names slash tequila first thing in the morning. And swag. Sorry. Oh, guys. I know. My God. That's all. It's something. Uh, all right. So we'll see you next time. Have a. <laughs> like, nah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, you will. Okay. Bye. Bye.